I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. Once again, sorry for the delay on the new episodes. Uh, The end of the year is a bit crazy for everyone, including myself. But the good news is that I have a bunch of shows lined up already. Future guests on the show include uh, Carrie Lekabush, Perk, and Function. I'm also trying to get favorites like Kyle Geiger and Kurt X back on before too long. Uh, But let's see what happens. Uh, You can always check out the podcast uh, website to see which guests are coming in soon and throw in your two cents by uh, offering up some questions or topics for the show. Uh, That's www.trainwreckspodcast.com, I think. After a year, I should know the address already. Uh, Anyway, I'll keep it short and sweet since you can maybe already tell I've got a little bit of a cold. Um... First things first, all the promotional bullshit. New record available out now on my label, Enemy. Um, It's called Where the Night Takes Us. It's a various artists record, meaning uh, there's four different artists on this one. It's got Yotam Avni from uh, Israel, Tel Aviv. Zippo from Bari, Italy. Observer from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Abstract Division from Amsterdam. And uh, the vibe of the record is every track's a little different, so there's something for each part of the night. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this one. I have to say that because it's my label, but I truly am. It took quite a while to put that record together, and uh, some of the guys were pretty pissed off about how long it did take. But I'm, I'm happy with the outcome, so if you dig it or if you dig the show, go ahead and pick it up because it all goes to the same piggy bank, which keeps the shit going. Uh, one other quick thing worth mentioning. On my little Dustin's on SoundCloud, which you can search for in Google or SoundCloud or wherever, uh, there's a new recording online that is from earlier this summer uh, when I played at Communion in Minneapolis. Uh, that's kind of a big room house music kind of set. So if that sounds like something that might be up your alley, check it out. Or even if you're just curious. Uh, if you're really not into that kind of music at all, steer clear. There's really not much techno there. Anyway, that gets that out of the way. This week's guest is the infamous DJ Hyperactive, a.k.a. Joe Manu for short. Or if you want to go even shorter, it's JoJo to his friends. He has been releasing records since around 92, and uh, he made his start in Chicago. Eventually, he moved out to California and started a new life out there as a family man, where he kind of took a few years off. Uh, JoJo told Resident Advisor in their Exchange podcast that he had basically retired. Uh, However, anybody knows that techno is a lifelong commitment, so naturally he made a comeback. And on top of a massive rework for, of uh, Wide Open by Len Fackey, he released an EP for Droid Records uh, a couple of years ago and a variety of other little appearances and stuff like that. And since then, he's become more active again in the studio. Aside from DJing regularly in the United States and Europe, he's been super busy working on a variety of remixes which are about to come out. You hear a little bit about that during the podcast. And uh, I don't know, what else can I say? 
everybody loves JoJo, including myself. I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a while, and sometimes it just doesn't work out with the schedules. Anybody that really pays close attention and all that for the show. But I'm glad we could finally get him on. He came in a bit early, so we could, uh, you know, he he played a gig in Berlin, but he came in a day early just to hang out, do some record shopping. And uh, we went to dinner. As you could tell, we got pretty trashed on the show. And uh, I had a good time. Uh, so enjoy his first and definitely not his last appearance on the podcast. Uh, that's it for now. Bye-bye. Happy holidays. All right. Anyway, well, um, cheers. Thanks for coming cheers. on the show, man. Thanks for the hospitality. Just started. Yeah. Uh, just came back from dinner and a couple drinks. Now we're having a couple more and I didn't prepare at all, but we're still going to have a show. Let's do this. All right. So on the show today, we got hyperactive, another legend, uh, from Chicago, basically. Can you hear all right? Yeah. All right. You're trying to listen to the microphone. No, I was just looking at the all plan. Right. All good. Uh, so anyway, um, not everybody knows what's up. So let's do a quick little history lesson. Catch people up. Uh, Chicago house and techno DJ. You started off roughly when? I don't know. We It's like in the early 80s, mid 80s. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know for... It kind of started before the whole real mixing things started because we, went, yeah. we used to roller skate and stuff so we'd always jump up in there and play some disco cuts for the all skate right on and so um when you put out your first record though when was that roughly or actually i can pull I think it was 90 90 yeah let's see what disco says it's in the here it says 92 but was it under hyperactive or a different name mm. Jeopardy, right? Yeah. Is it 92? 92. So, anyway. There's something else before that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a shitload of records here, man. You did a lot. And then after that was the Chicago one record. Is that the track that's like Chicago? Yeah. It's got the little See, if you're smart, you want to re-release that shit already. Well. Or is that? It's in the works. In the works. Right on. Well, anyway, so, uh, you know. You were just tearing up for ages. Any like, there's actually a whole on the Resident Advisor podcast. You went quite a bit into the uh, the history. So yeah, I mean that's a good reference point, right? If anybody, yeah. uh, we don't have to repeat all that. Not it's really. Kind of, no. It's We've a little old to hear the whole. But like, I want like I do have a couple questions about the past though, because sure. you know there's some crazy shit. Like for example, uh, and maybe the. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I only saw the picture. But like, didn't you play at Madison Square Garden at one point? Yeah, that was a, that was one of the Park Rave Cruise shows. Guys from Queens of Brooklyn. I don't know where they're all from, but I'm pretty sure that's the bulk of them are from there. And they had a big crew, and they did some big ass shows. I mean, you know, because for those of you that aren't from the states, Madison Square Garden is basically, I guess, next to the Hollywood Bowl. Those are probably like the two prestigious, biggest venues, right? I mean, Red Rocks is big, but it's uh, it's different. Maybe more recently, more renowned than iconic, you know, Madison Square or yeah, so on that level. It's pretty I mean, crazy, though. Yeah, was it a good party though, or do you remember? It was it was a massive party, and I guess some riot broke out. There was a really? ton of people outside still, and I just remember the promoters were kind of 
kind of bugging out. They're like, man, you know, the cops, they started riding outside and they kicked everyone out and everyone scrambled. So there was like 5,000 people more outside. Damn. And how many were inside at this point? I I don't know. Maybe a couple thousand. Insane. Yeah. And it wasn't really on inside on the, on the wood floors. It was in the kind of the mezzanine in the, in the halls, you know, but I mean, it's still, you could see the Madison square right through the hall. No, that's wild. So, and then, but I mean, this was, do you know when that was roughly? Mid nineties, right? Yeah. Something 95, like 96. I've, I mean, I, I've asked and some people have posted it online when it was. Yeah. Cause the thing is, electric, is, what was it? Electric? No, it was uh, electric. I, shit, I can't even remember. Electric circus. I, have no right, I can't remember now. Um, but shame, anyway, shame. um, you know, that was in the mid-90s, and, like, I, I started going to the parties in the late 90s and stuff like that. And the thing about Chicago is there was always stories. I don't know if it, some of it was just – I'm sure some of it was myths or – what you looking for? I was burping. Oh. <laughs> um, basically, I don't know if some of them were myths or some of them were true. It's probably a bit of both, but, I mean, like – what was Chicago like in the mid-90s, the fact that, like, all these records were kind of going off, whether it was House, Booty House, uh, Techno, Acid, you name it? It was a very hot period then, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the, a lot of labels were House and Techno labels, stuff I was doing, Casual, Relief, Guidance, a lot, I mean, there's others, I'm, you know, a lot yeah. of other labels that were, but it was just... Everything was, it, like, a lot of eyes were on Chicago. There was a lot of production coming out. A lot of artists really but making I mean, a name for themselves then, starting then. At that time, though, like, were there guys that, you know, because most of the people that were in that industry didn't come from a prestigious background or money. So it's like you go from having nothing and then all of a sudden you're kind of a hot shit or selling a lot of records. I can imagine at the time that there's, like, a lot of conflicting uh people there like some building up big egos some really starting to see like wow there's a future to this and you know what i mean like yeah did you kind of get that yeah i i saw it but you know that i never really gravitated gravitated towards those guys mm-hmm. so i but i mean it was it was evident or whatever yeah you could see it but for the most part i mean chicago's got a lot of pretty down-to-earth people right on you know it's midwest you know it's like minneapolis True. minnesota wisconsin mm-hmm. anywhere in our bulk of the area you know i mean because like for example you know i've spent the bulk of the past five years in berlin and uh since i've been here you know there's kind of already been a different generation of people coming in but this is one of those cities that's kind of like you know how la is to actors Mm -hmm. and writers and all that shit um here people kind of come to make it in a variety of industries but for this show we're talking about techno um some people, you know, there's a lot of professionalism around here, so there's always something going on. But if you go to, if you are living in a smaller city where there's not much of a scene, which a lot of people that listen to the show are, you, you, there's nobody really that can even, it would be ridiculous to have that ego or anything. So I just didn't know at that time with Chicago being so much in the spotlight, like how ridiculous it was or I don't everybody know. was cool. Or, For the moment, I mean, I got along with everybody, um, but there might be others that might, have yeah. different opinions or different experiences than I did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but what time did you end up? Because you moved to uh, to California for a, quite a while, and you, in recent times, moved back to Chicago. But when mm-hmm. did you take off for California? 
97, end of 97. Okay. Straight to Huntington Beach. And, I mean, what was, because I'm sure you played a lot out there, was it quite a bit different as far as attitude or, I mean, um, obviously taste would be different. But. Yeah, it was a little different. I mean, there were some styles that were a little more prominent out there than back home here. Um, but it felt, it felt very similar because they had, they had the numbers, right? So they had the big parties like New York. Yeah. They would rival New York, I guess. But, and, uh, you know, and it's just the general, the genuine enthusiasm was a lot, a lot of the same, just kind of a devious aspect of being in the rave scene, you of know, course. if we're going to talk about raves in particular, because they really didn't have, not a strong scene there, or is there really a strong techno club scene anywhere in the u.s but yeah um it was a lot it was very similar in relation to what we were doing and the parties we were doing i mean uh, so when you were living out there at that point and of course they go into this a bit more in the other um podcast and stuff but i mean like what uh were you picking up new influences influences at that point or were there people coming in that um just you always kind of looked into or was it a bit of both or where where was this Sorry. in Cali? Where just I mean, where you were primarily in Long Beach, right? I was in Huntington Beach. Yeah, Huntington Beach. Sorry, uh, but I mean, like doing parties out there and stuff like that. Like, because uh, I, you know, growing up and doing everything in Chicago, you you have your friends, your influences, or whatever. But like when you're moving out there and you're kind of on your own, did you? Was it like a whole new world of shit, or are you just kind of waiting for people to come into town? Or yeah, it was. It's a bit of a culture. I would say big culture shock because I have family out there and stuff. But as far as in the scene, yeah, it was kind of a mix of trying to connect, re, you know, I wouldn't say reconnect, but trying to unite with the people that out there that had the same interests. It took a little bit, but, you know, it caught on eventually. Mm-hmm. And Well, I mean, so basically, I, I guess you could say one of the biggest links is meeting up with the droid crew. Um, yeah. And... You were a big part of that family the whole time you're out there. I mean, you still are now. In fact, you're staying at the Droid House here in Berlin yeah. uh, at the moment. True. And uh, so, I mean, I guess that was kind of the the next family for you, maybe after Chicago. Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Nice. I mean, there's a few people that I because at the time there in Huntington, Frankie Bones was there. He was with Eric Ryan and all my my homies out there in Huntington. And, um, so I had different pockets of friends, right? I had my OC kind of heads out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I moved, you know, I won't go into it, but I, we, I moved out there for the record shop, right? So we yeah. moved the whole crew out there, opened up higher source with the long brothers and had that pocket of friends, but I was always interested in the, the scene as a whole and the artist as a whole, you know, and th- and it's weird how I met the different guys of like the crew, you know, mm-hmm. of Droid. Met them through people that shit aren't even there anymore in SoCal. Yeah. One is Coco. You know, super dope DJ was part of Higher Source after okay. I left in Arizona. Uh, Robin Porter. Oh yeah. You know who was out there at the time? Killer graphic designer. Was it he was Australian or was he English? He was from remember. Manchester. Okay. He's from England. And so it was him and this other guy, Kelly Tyndall. They had this I don't even know what the name of the design firm was, but nonetheless they were 
they were the guys doing all yeah they like did really a lot nice of the stuff. surf lines and you know like the real edgy cali making that fucking 90s money yeah so those through those guys i met like mo and I used to see Vidal at parties, like in the early days when I was playing. Yeah. You know, he was always there at the parties. Mm-hmm. He's the one I remember. He's still the most there at the parties. He's still there. He'd be right next to me, and you know, not next to me, but like yeah. paying attention to what's on. going on. Like he was, he was in it to win it right from the get go. It was cool seeing that. And there's a tons of other people, but yeah, it's just kind of ironic how 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 I met those guys and who I met them yeah. through. You know, totally. And then you know kind of solidified from there you know it's just those are my guys nice and i mean uh still a big not big, where are those yeah are my guys. still a part of it today i guess the last time we ran into each other would be uh earlier this summer at even further uh you and mo played um were you two the only two droid guys i mean i played i'm part part of the family i guess yeah. but uh the i think family. it was us right yeah so uh but i mean that was a, a crazy fucking time uh how do you did you enjoy yeah, it or what's up? I mean, you couldn't be at a party and not talk to a couple people that sorry, I've been Yeah. Just look at the microphone. It's all good. <laughs> it, it, it's staring at me. But um what were we talking about? So further. further. Yeah. So um Yeah, it was just it was just Mo, you and I, I mean all the other Minneapolis guys, you know? Yeah. Everybody from the Midwest, really. There's people that. Oh yeah, I know what I'm saying. From, totally yeah. blanked out what I was saying, but uh, this is already starting off on a good note, isn't it? Matt, I told we're you, gonna you give them their was money. a bad idea. We're going to give them their money's worth. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So yeah, uh, but you know, up you know, probably the months, the few months prior to the show, you couldn't be, I couldn't be at a party anywhere or at a club even. Like, hey, you going? You ready for further? I'm like, yeah, you going? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> So everybody I talked to, at least the heads that I, you know, would even mention it to me, they're all gone. Yeah. So it it definitely had a lot of hype going into it mm-hmm. with with a lot of the heads, right? Well, it was a it was a big anniversary and it hadn't happened forever, so it was long overdue. But it, but it was like the right it. timing, you know. And you know what? So, you know, apart from those that weren't prepared for the rain and shit. I don't think I would have changed a damn thing. How I, yeah. I wouldn't have changed a darn thing. Of the microphone over here, and then you'll be good. I'm all over the place, volume wise. That's all good. Sorry, I'll guys. fix it. Um, but it, yeah, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. I, I wouldn't have changed. You know, having to wear that bright ass raincoat. And oh man, I mean, muck boots. It, we've already gotten it a couple times in the show, and I'm I'm gonna have Kurt on soon enough, and we'll probably talk about it half the time. Yeah, it's but, good time. Uh, for those who don't know, it, it was it was a party in Wisconsin, and it uh, long story short, it was like 2,500 people running around in the mud for three days straight because it was just raining nonstop. But uh, it was really great. I played out there. Joe played out there. Yeah, I, I don't even know how many people were there, but there was it was such a fragmented location, and and just the topology of it really made it real challenging with all the rain. So I mean, yeah. anybody that I didn't even walk down to any of the outer wing further points because I just knew it was like game over. I, I didn't even want to. If, even yeah. if there was a sound a booth down there, like a tent, I was like, nah, well, I ain't going down there. Fuck that. I heard about a part that was um, 
I, I didn't make it down that far, but apparently there was some like section out in the woods that was like some sort of weird twisted up carnival kind of shit. And like there was a lot of because you heard there was like some tent slashing going on. And apparently it was like around that area. It was like really bad. Uh, just <laughs> fucking like those are the kind of people that never even made it to the party. It was twisted up. But that's hearsay. I haven't been out there. I'm sure there's a percentage yeah. or two of those that never made it outside their own camps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. You know, I mean, just the nature of the party, and yeah. what it in, what it brings brings out in people. But I mean, just weather wise, it was very, you know, challenging. You know, if you didn't if you didn't have the right attire on, you were fucked pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, so we had a good time out there, party down a bit. I think the last time I saw you before that, though, you you were trying to tell me it was when uh, Drum Cell and Truncate closed out at Berghain, right? Is that what we were saying earlier? Yeah. So when was that? I, that I don't know. I want to say it was like... You sure that wasn't last February year? February of this year or something. Anyway, it, it could was, have been, yeah. It was a good night. And the reason I bring it up is because uh, you're in town. Tomorrow you're playing there. Yeah. Playing yeah. tomorrow. And uh, you're always there usually at least once a year. Um, we were talking a little bit at dinner. Like you're really psyched up. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it helps kind of get your... You get your an adjustment right mm-hmm. it really it either brings out in you what you're trying to do more mm-hmm. or if it'll just maybe turn you off and you're like i can't do this you know but it's I not mean, for everybody but you know, you know for me it's that's that's the refueling i've needed you know mm-hmm. just being bogged down with a lot of remixes and not doing a lot of my own production and stuff mm-hmm but I mean, it's also it's it's a good source of inspiration. It's good whiskey, right? Shit's good. Oh, Ooh. it's real good. Uh, for those interested, uh, we're drinking Nika from the barrel, the coffee malt. We're gonna we're gonna have more of that. Like, it's right there. You quick. can grab it right now if you want. But uh, so anyway, the thing is, is like, um, it's a great source of inspiration. Everybody, you know, we it comes up all the time on the show. It is a great party. It's one of the best. But as as a guy that's been playing since. You know, the 80s, putting out records since 92. What do you look at? How do you feel about the party scene right now globally as compared to then? Is it different? Is it better? Is it worse? Or That's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, just the ability to do the parties back in the day, because those were some of the more raw, like anything goes, like finding your style, experimenting with different... I mean, we play Gabber and Jungle, you know, our core stuff. Yeah. In the early days, just... It was just so raw and fresh. You just you just felt like it was an expression, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of a statement. Then That's you settle the in. case these days, but go on. And then you, yeah, but then, you, you know, you settle in. Settle into your sound, production-wise, DJ-wise. Um, the party's definitely different now, but you still... But you still see or i wouldn't say you still see you see a glimpse of what was then yeah kind of it's a reference period to that time like you're trying to see a lot of more warehouse parties where they could pull it off right because the club scene never really developed you know that it took a long time oh yeah so i think if i look if i just talk about clubs i think there's hope you know there's there's pockets of interest in the u.s you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah i would say it's 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 probably better now because it's a little more widespread, right? With the same kind of format. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's now that you mention it, that's another question worth bringing up because there's a huge listener base in the states also, and there the question comes in all the time, like, what's what do you feel about the the scene in the states? You live there, I don't. I mean, wh- how do you feel about it right now? Um, I think some places are hotter than others. Some that that's were amazing. were active or somewhat dormant now mm-hmm. so it's kind of weird you see these cycles right but i mean the core places for the most part still have it going on right yeah you know, they have a mature club scene for the most part yeah um some better than others but yeah i mean you know it's just like you see new people coming you see some new people come there and go the old people resurface they're doing stuff it's a, it's a weird cycle right yeah i mean i it's it's definitely an ebb and flow like there's a wave to it i think right now there's definitely been moments where i think there was a little bit more people interested in techno specifically but i can say because i was thinking about this yesterday the day before um when it comes to like promoters and the people that are really trying to make this shit happen i think the ones that are in it right now are really committed and like really serious about it yeah whereas even a couple years ago three years ago they didn't really give a shit. I mean, they're they're just like we we want a big techno guy, which is fair. I mean, promoters need to bring people in and pay the bills too, but I don't think they really cared about who. Now, now it really is important. And they're not. I mean, some people will book you because of your name, but for the most part, if you go play for a dude in a city in uh, like where it's a party and not just a club, like a st- institution, they're booking you because they're just like, oh yeah, man, I like your mixes. I want to see you in person. That's the only reason they're booking you. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I and don't it's know risky, if that was the case as you know? much anymore in the past. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's different, you know, how, how how people are marketing themselves, how the market's marketing them. You know, there's, it's it's interesting to see what's drawing, what's drawing yeah. them to book a certain artist, right? Yeah. So, some clubs and stuff, it's, it's, it's painfully obvious that they're just following trends. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I you know I look at Chicago, you know I look at definitely look at Minneapolis. We'll we'll just talk about the U.S. Yeah, sure. You know, for this instance, Chicago, where they're trying to book artists that are in tune with their personal preference, right? That's cool because they're kind of leading the way for the people to hear the stuff. I mean, it was just like going back to the rave days. Sounds kind of silly saying it in that in that fashion, but you know. For a lot of people, if those parties didn't happen, a lot of people wouldn't even have heard that music because that was never going to be on the radio. Yeah. Right? Has there ever been a format like that on on satellite radio? Not like what we're, not what we're, what our vibe is, right? Yeah. Not to put it in a box. I need more whiskey. Yeah, yeah, we get gotta it. fire it's this. It's the bottle right we here. Need to fire this party up. No problem. But, um, Go ahead and grab the bottle. I'm going to chat for a minute here. Uh, Another part like we were talking about um, that I wanted to bring up was uh, we were talking about music. I I scooped you up from the record shop. Yeah, yeah, that's the. (laughs) Never mind. So anyway, uh, go ahead and pour that. But I picked you up from the record shop and uh, we were just kind of talking about music. You bought a bunch of stuff and uh, I don't know. I mean, like, is there any is there like people in particular that you're just like man this guy's on a on a good kick right now or anything like that for sure um i don't even know where they're off from doesn't matter um 
music content's number one. I've really been, you know, and, and some of this might be because of, you know, the pools that we're in, the promo pools. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a trend of certain labels that we get that we have visibility, and some, some of us get more than others, right? I'm not saying I get them all. Yeah. But the ones I get, you know, there's a lot, there's a, a big theme of what's going on here. There's a lot of darker, kind of hypnotic techno going yeah. on so i'm I'm in tune with some of those artists i mean i don't want to go off on a tangent here but there's a lot of um just kind of the spacey hypnotic stuff like it's kind of the thing at the moment rico tensile i mean i don't want to discredit any artists by naming a few but those are some that stand out in my head that i've been seeing seeing repeated releases that of stuff that what I'm playing, like that's the that's what the you're mindset into at the I'm moment. At, yeah, cool. Yeah, and I mean, there's others. I'm I'm horrible with names because I don't really like reading mm-hmm. for one. So that's a disadvantage for me playing a lot of digital yeah. with CDJs because records I would know. Yeah, digital stuff, man. I got to look and read it, and holy shit, man. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's a little out of hand, you know, and like, you know, I. There was something about it, like when you could flip through records because it's the visual representation, the cover, or something like that, or whatnot, or what kind of sleeve it came in. And uh, even when you go through your iPhone, if you're not even a DJ, you do have some artwork now, but half the time it's not showing up or whatever, and it's not the same as flipping through something. Yeah, I mean, I would know, like with a record. I mean, some of them are just plain label stuff, but you would know where the track was. They basically yeah. you'd know what side what track yeah and especially if you the didn't break. have a lot of money back in the day you got to know that record really well whether you didn't want to or not yeah you bought it for the for the first track on the first side one of four yeah then one you of... start appreciating the last track because you have to listen <laughs> to it so many times you're like okay finally i get it i like this track it actually is good yeah. or you're just like actually now i've just heard it enough times that i like it <laughs> you know what i mean it's always one of those two yeah. Yeah, I miss vinyl. I'm well. I don't have to miss. I've I've missed vinyl, and that's I've incorporated it back into my sets here and there. You know. Yeah. Um, played in Guadalajara right before, right after Thanksgiving, and uh, played a three-hour vinyl, all vinyl set. That was fun. Oh wow, nice. Are you, are you still buying a lot, or not so much, or? Um, in pockets, but when I buy, I buy a lot. So, like every time I come here, I'll get anywhere from 150 to 300 bucks. Yeah, not bucks, but euros. Euros. Right. At this point, it's more or less the same. Yeah, it's been it's a fucked one-to-one? up year. Yeah, it's it's basically yeah parody at the moment. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I can agree that I'm kind of into uh, similar music at the moment. Like we we're both talking, we picked up the uh, Donato Dazi and Mike Parker yeah. record today. It's yeah. kind of like this. Tripped out hippie techno, but I'm I'm into it. Yeah. Um Stanislav Tokachev, that guy's fucking insane. Yeah. Um I, not not just as a musician, but over across the board. I I'm sure I have some of his stuff for sure. I mean it, you know we have a rehearsal loft, right? In the city. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be a production room. It's really just a fuck off DJ at hundred and twenty decibel practice room. That I pay for every month, but uh, we, you know, I was, I had Jason Patrick over, and we were jamming out one night, just, just hanging out a couple hours, and he was just playing track after track. I'm like, what the fuck? 
is this track? What's this? What's that? Go and look at it. It's like, I don't ever even heard of these guys, you know? There's just a lot to keep up with these days, period. Yeah. I mean, we've had these conversations. Like, how the hell do you, do you know this track? You're like, I get paid to do it, you know, to know this. I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? But, um, but yeah, there's, there's, um, yeah, continue. You were naming, you were on a roll. You started on a roll there. Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's really hard when people say, like, uh, what are you into right now? That's like saying, like, when you're like, oh, you're, you're a comedian? Say something funny. Or, you know what I mean? Like, when you're put on the yeah. spot. But, I mean, I guess at the moment I, I'm into stuff uh, like Zippo is a good friend of mine. He's a young kid. He, yeah, Portuguese he's, kid, right? No, he's Italian. Is he Italian? Um, he was on the last episode with uh, with Regal. He's sitting in the co-host seat. Who's Regal? I, I like a, his stuff. He's, he's from Madrid. Is he? Yeah. yeah. He's on uh, Lindback. He's label now and stuff. He started off with Figure? Me. Yeah. Figure SBC? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it means. Special. Special? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, Sorry, Len. of course, there's we've had this conversation. David Truncate, I play his tracks all the time. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. And, yeah. Um, I, I like the IDM vibes of of uh, him. I mean, I Cassegrain. I all would Cassegrain. I met those guys at microphone at uh, Detroit for yeah. a movement last year. So we became friends. We stayed over there at Corbin's. Yeah. The dungeon, the techno dungeon. Yep, that's right. Had a good time. Real nice guys. Um. Yeah, there's just there's a there's a sea of new artists all the time, and there. But the worst thing about it all is that there's a lot of stuff that goes unnoticed, that's underrated. Oh, I don't totally. I don't even get to hear it. You know, I mean, it's almost impossible. I mean, you know, the one the one thing I was talking to the guy at Hardwax was mm-hmm. that um, I didn't know. You know, you could look in the new stuff, and you can. I can train spot labels, yeah. But there's a lot of new labels. Mm-hmm. But what I really wanted to know was what, and like anyone else who doesn't want stuff on vinyl that's only on vinyl, that's yeah. not digital, it's vinyl only. So we started pulling stuff out and going through it, you know, and just too many, too many labels, just too much stuff. It's impossible. But back to my point, as I was telling them. Is that I, I've I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now is to, to have a review organization blog that you get a you know you get in numbers this could build pretty quick to find the labels that are that are vinyl only that helps DJs but it also helps the labels because if it becomes a reputable blog mm-hmm. right you start featuring the vinyl only because a lot of those guys are on Bandcamp yeah right I don't even know if they're going through the mainstream distributors. Usually, if it's a vinyl only label, and then they're like, "Okay, fuck it, we're gonna give in." For the most part, they only do Bandcamp. Yeah, so I love the concept because if you're really looking and you want, I mean, it could do it could be a disservice to the artist because in the label because it may not get the attention it deserves, right? Uh-huh. But if there could be, you know, back in the day, all the magazines had all the reviews and stuff, right? They drove a lot of the content and. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was biased or it was someone's homie that was an artist and a reviewer or whatever the bullshit yeah. reason is, um, it can help the artists now and the labels now. I don't know. Man, Maybe you know, kick it off. because we're in, we're, it's the end of the year, so we're at the end of the year poll season, whether it doesn't matter what blog or news site, they don't need to be named. Basically, everybody's doing their own polls, the biggest DJ, the best fucking label or tracks or whatever. And every year, people get pissed off. Why not this person? Why would they book that person? And the thing is, is it's like, this was going on in magazines in the 90s even. You open a thing, and it's like, 
people pay to be on the front cover of a magazine. They pay for advertisement. Yeah. Like that's just how it, the industry works. It's a glimpse of big marketing and big business yeah. out there. It's and the same shit that drives and corrupts it. You know. You know, people ask me what I think about. It. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Uh, it, you know, if I show up on a, a list, thank you very much. That's awesome. But I don't lose sleep over it, uh, not being on there, and I don't lose sleep when somebody's on the list that. I know either A didn't deserve it or B it's all marketing. I'm like, what the fuck ever. You There's know? gonna be thousands of people that'll go and pay to see a DJ that they like because that's their preference and it could be the worst shit mm-hmm. in the world and you'd be like, Yeah, I'm not going to that. Yeah. I don't listen to that. But that's okay though. I don't really give a shit, but you Well, know. I mean those lists also aren't really reflective of um you know, it depends. Like, of course, if, if people vote, then it's kind of a demographical approach to um, approach to it. But if it's a staff list, that's like saying, like, the five dudes that you see in your coffee room during your lunch break decided on a list, and that's what it is. It's not a definite thing. Yeah. The only problem is, is that some promoters do treat that as a definitive, and it shouldn't be. But And that's the only thing I got a problem with. Otherwise, whatever. That's you know? tied into what I was kind of commenting on earlier, like uh, where it's clearly obvious where some clubs follow, you know, they're, they're kind of spoon fed this stuff. Sure. Right. And that's their impression. They want to mock that impression or mm-hmm. cater, attract that kind of crowd or, or whatever it is, you know, whatever the reasoning is. Yeah. All the, all the stuff that I don't really pay any credence to, because I mean, we could have all gone a commercial route yeah. and we didn't, that wasn't really what, fueled us to do anything to begin with i didn't want to be a radio dj or none of that shit you know yeah but i mean so yeah i mean that that stuff overall doesn't worry me so much going into it but i mean uh i have to say because when you brought up originally the uh vinyl only labels yeah i totally understand why people do it i understand the allure and everything but i also have to say that it drives me crazy because there's a lot of stuff that's vinyl only where I'm just like, listen, I don't want to pay 10, 12, 14 bucks for a record. I would give you five, six bucks for the MP3s and be done with it. I don't need to have this on wax. Yeah. You know? Well, if it's only wax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've well, ri- I mean, I'm not going to be a bullshitter and say I haven't ripped some vinyl. Everybody does. You know, that the, has why, records. Why would I even try to fool the wise audience out there? You know, some horseshit line, but, uh, yeah, well, some I mean, of them are wise, some not so much. Yeah, well, no, but for example, we we're talking about earlier audio files, people I make records for it, and people we're into right now. You bought a, a SV and I think Porn Sword Tobacco record, the hip hop one, whatever yeah. it was. Those guys, along with Soda Fett, they're on Sex Tags Mania. There's a million different names, they make all kinds of shit. Yeah, Balearic Dudes, Techno, House, Hip Hop. That's an audiophile label, and it's as far as I know, it's vinyl only. And the thing is, is that's the kind of stuff where it's like, if your grandma comes over, if your best friend comes over, that shit you could put on a record for anybody. Yeah, it's not like too. Oh, well, some of it's really fucking off the wall, but that's when you save it for like when you had a couple of drinks or lit up a joint. But you know, for the most part, there's some dope shit there, and. um yeah, we were just checking it out in a minute. That was the stuff we had planned. Yeah, so if, if you... if you, I mean, amidst, you know, a pile of 20 techno and maybe some house tunes, you have some abstract stuff like that. You just can't. Yeah. You can't pass it up like, yeah. I, I was like, yep, 
what's going in the bag. I mean, when it comes down to it, I think because there's a lot of end of year lists and stuff. For me, the most forward thinking clicker group out of the whole scene. At, well, it's not even necessarily forward thinking because it's nothing new, but it's always cool. Is that whole crew of Soto Fed, Sex Tags, Mania? Yeah. I mean, I don't know it. a lot of those guys. I, you know, like I said, you just got to scope it what out. What did man. I say earlier? Up, you, I don't read. Yeah. So, you know, it could say the illest EP and be shit. You know, I'm going to judge it on kind of a stupid comment, but anyway, I don't read. So, but it makes me, now that I hear you rattle that shit off and I talk to all of my peers and just people out there and I swear every fucking party, they're talking about some DJ or producer coming to Chicago that I don't even know who they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There's, I mean, I don't know everybody, obviously, but I mean, wow. Like, there's so much going on where, like, am I just that oblivious? Or, I think at the moment, it's just a lot of people are going for mm-hmm. it. And the thing is, is a lot of them, I, I've, I've mentioned it in some way, eloquently or not, on the show a number of times. Basically, my whole view, my view on the scene right now is that the average track or record or whatever is the quality is really high it's usually like pretty good so much to the fact that everything is like such a high is at a high level of quality sonically content wise and everything yet at the same time because the bar is so high everything seems a bit boring in result so in order to be amazing it has to be like fucking incredible yeah because a lot of the tracks that are just like average by today's standards today would have been really good 15 20 years yeah, ago ahead of their you time know? right yeah and and that that's such a good point because i'm always putting myself in check i'll li- you know i'll listen to other stuff that i like that maybe at the moment i like this you know collectively what they're doing you know just in sequencing the pat and the sound itself affects the layering then I'll play some of my stuff, and so, this sounds like kindergarten stuff, man. This thing gonna work, and I just you mean your new it. stuff or your older stuff? Your newer stuff too. You know, yeah. I, I you know I have to not settle for less in terms of what I'm doing in the mix. Yeah, know? well, everyone's their own worst enemy or critic, rather, True. about this stuff. I mean, there's plenty of times where I can sit there and just be like, oh. This track's terrible. I'm terrible, or I've lost it. But then people come over and they're like, why didn't you put any of this out? And you're like thought it sucked yeah. i don't know you yeah know what i'm I pretty mean, so. i'm pretty honest with myself and i don't stockpile a bunch of stuff that well is this good or not if it's just, if i'm not vibing with it typically i'll just kill it delete that's well i mean that that's might be spooky based on what you're saying i know for sure like i'm sitting on at least a couple of tracks right now where it's like as soon as you're done finish you you finished it and it maybe isn't like a hit or it's not your best track, but just like this is definitely coming out. I don't give a shit where, but it's it's on the short list. Um, that's when I know I'm keeping them. But I do have, as I was telling you earlier, just shitloads of tracks that I was like, uh, I don't know. And um, trust me, I I know exactly what you're talking about because every time I go to David's, Trunk Eight. Oh yeah, he's just. As I bad. go in the studio. He's like, yeah, I was working on this one, JoJo, and I'm like, dude, that's. What are you fucking waiting for? Yeah. Get shit out. He's like, I don't I don't like this part or I don't know. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. You need well, to, it's easy to get critical. He, he does send me a lot of stuff. I'm sure he sends you guys yeah. stuff to, of to audition and tell me what you think and test it out. 
One of the earphone headphones. Is oh, yeah, those headphones are a little shitty. Sorry I'll about st- that. I'll try to stop moving, but yeah. Um, yeah, basically, same thing. And there was another friend that I had recently. Well, it wasn't recently. I mean, it was almost a year ago now. We're sitting there making tracks, and he's, like, playing this track for me. I'm like, he's like, ah, I don't know. It's all right. I'm like, I'd fucking play this. I'm sure this would go over <laughs> really well. This would go crazy. And then... He's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And that was it. I went home, and then like three months later, he's like, dude, I re listened to that track you were talking about, and I think right. I got something there. Yeah. Oh, they needed that. The Recently, to of course, it. it was a big fucking track. I won't go into it because yeah. I don't know if he wants to be called out or not. But basically, you know, so. What, higher state of consciousness? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, sometimes you just need Sorry, someone gosh. to tell you that, uh, yeah. that it's sick. But then again, you got people that come over and you're like, well, you just blown smoke up my ass because, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'll i never tell someone I like it if I don't like it, you know. And I, and I expect the same kind of, you know, feedback. And I get it. Yeah. You know, I'll send something like, oh, didn't have the energy as it initially did. And stuff where I was like, shit, I thought I nailed this one. Well, I, I, just, uh, <laughs> I just posted this George Carlin quote about a week ago and it's like everybody appreciates your honesty until you're honest with them then you're an asshole (laughs) and uh but the thing is is like for example dave he'll send me tracks over because he knows that i'm gonna tell him what i think or i'll I'll do that to any of my friends and i'll i'm not gonna be rushed like this is fucking terrible i mean if if it was that bad i guess i would put it in those words but i'd just be like you you can do better man you know what i mean yeah and some people would take offense that, especially if they don't write so many tracks. But I would, like, if someone... No. You know, like, I recently Here. had someone tell me, like, I thought this person liked the track uh, quite a bit for years. And then I found out said person didn't like that track at all. I'm like, well, I'm totally fine with that. But I'm like, why didn't you just fucking tell me yeah. X amount of years You're ago? You're not doing anyone any favors as an artist, DJ yeah. producer, telling them some bullshit is any good because in the end... The results aren't going to, they're either going to be there yeah. or they're not going to be there. Yeah. It's not like one of those things where it was cool when it first came out, but over time it became even more of a classic. Ten years later, where, ten years later, where maybe the, some of the genres changed, right? Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, where, why not? I miss this B side. This is shit, you know, because it's in tune with something now. So, but I mean, I would never, I, I'm, I'm just straight up with them. I mean, in a constructive way, you know, yeah. I'm never a dick to anyone. Even, well, no, and I mean, even strangers that are on SoundCloud and how how many promos do you get on SoundCloud and Facebook here? Here's my well, I don't repeat. even I, I don't even check the SoundCloud Holy because shit, it's man. so don't, insane. If you haven't been there, don't go there. You know, it's just it, it's interesting. Though, I can't. Like, I'm responding to you know messages from two years ago. Yeah. Well, anybody that's emailed me in the last two years has discovered that I'm. I don't even respond to texts. I don't respond to Facebook messages, emails, and. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I have no good reason. I think it's, <laughs> you know, like where you hear, like, well, why didn't this person go to work? Well, um, they like to drink too much or they're a drug addict. I don't even have that. I just don't respond to the messages. But there's like something in my brain that's just like, mm, fuck the computer. Let me tell you, man. Just going through promos we get digitally is a full time job. I yeah, could probably is. spend four hours a day minimum mm-hmm. just listening to promos. Oh, easy. And that's every day. Well, what, what's even more full-time than that is people who want you to either check out their shit or sign them or help them out. 
and you know what? I mean, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, and I, I like the idea of like kind of fostering talent. I mean, I, yeah, I have a record sure. label for Christ's sake, but if you can't, there's not enough time in the day, in the month, or the year to like dedicate solely to people that. So I try to help who I can as much as I can, but you can't help everybody. You can't make yeah. everybody happy. You know? I try, you know, and I think some of my own personal shopping suffers because I spend, I I dedicate a lot, I allocate and dedicate a lot of time mm-hmm. to the promos. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it might not even be promos. It might just be day to day emails because I got you know I have this show. I'm trying to get some clothing out i'm doing my own records i'm buying records all that kind of shit so it's like there's days where you wake up and you kind of just start hammering on the email box and four hours later you're like okay i've I a small dent but not enough and you haven't even started to yeah. make music or go through music or, oh, or play it you know what i mean which is what people want mostly so that's why i kind of started to cut a lot of that out of my life it's good i mean well that's prioritizing is what it is you know, what's yeah. the most important? It's hard to find balance. I mean, I go in these pockets of productivity and emails, you know, whatever the content is, promos, et cetera, just general stuff. Production, getting my studio in proper working, consistent order, life, you know, everything. You know, it's like I'm not a great time manager. I'll tell you that. I've I get really there. distracted and being in, you know, Especially being in the city now, again, back in Shy, there's a lot of fucking a lot of distractions, man. <laughs> Friends, job, places Myself, to go and have a bite to eat, all I'm that my kind biggest, of shit. Yeah, it's just all the above, right? It's you could feel, you could feel like you feel. There's parts of me that that tug and pull on me, like I'm missing something. Like, yeah, I have a remix that was due last week, and I need the tank is empty. You know, I need mm-hmm. some inspiration. I need to act stupid. I just, whatever, it's calling me, so I just Instead, you're sitting here with your old friends on, talking shit on the radio, and uh, not being, uh, (laughs) not not prioritizing. No, this is all all part of the the cognitive agreement to come here, you know, and Mm -hmm. get, you know, turn everything else away and just dedicate the time to come here. There's a purpose, you know. It's not totally. for the glitz and glamour. It's for me to be able to be in a place like Bergine, just uh, the raw energy and just um, feed off the people. And you know that whatever you're going to do as a DJ or whatever music you're going to play, you know that it's kind of a free forum to do that, you know? I so, know. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The thing is, is a lot of people that do play there don't take many chances. Um, but the thing is, is you can you can get away with it, and the the people like it when you do take the risk. And I think that's the reason that it comes up half the time on the show, in the media, on Facebook, wherever techno fans are checking shit out. But I mean, it's uh, I it's not yeah. I'll take a little more whiskey shit. Yeah, some more. But you, um, Nika. Coffee malt whiskey. That is some good. It's pretty shit. awesome. Not this too smoky. Japanese. Not too yeah. Not even a burn. Not too sweet like or anything. Doesn't taste like coffee too much. But um. Anyway, I was getting at it. Doesn't matter whether it's at Burkina or what club it's at. Like everybody kind of needs, especially if you're in this music, yeah. you need a party once in a while that you can go. Even if you're not like 
getting fucked up. Like you need to hear the music. Yeah. You need to hear how it's meant to be heard Old and faithful. experienced. And it it um it's consistent and yeah, never lets it always satisfies. Definitely. So I mean, you're on a. Uh, it's actually sort of a drum code lineup this weekend. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I was... And along with some Berlin people as well. Is there anybody that you're looking forward to in particular that... Uh... Well, I haven't heard any of them play, so all of them. You know, because Ever, I... or have you just haven't heard them in a while? Uh, um, I've heard Joel, I've heard Adam, um, but I've never played and heard Carrie. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know Carrie from back in the hybrid days. He's such a crazy cool dude. He's supposed to be on the show Sunday. Um, Here? Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens with my flights if I get in on time. And yeah, can link I'll, up. I'll definitely come back and sleep it up on the couch. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, um, but, yeah, but, uh, like, I don't know if I'm, is it Shindo? Shindo, Shindo, Shindo. whatever. Super nice girl. I always I always DJ. have my spin on, on spellings and stuff. But, yeah, that, 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 that was intriguing. I've, I've never heard of Henning play. You know, so I'm excited to hear all everybody. I, you know, mm-hmm. well, you're a trooper when you go correct, there, though. You, know? you're, you, you go for the long haul, and you like, but you're not like you're not partying down, sitting at the bar. Like you're sitting there, and you're just like locked into the music, like for hours. You just be like zoned out in it. You yeah, know? for sure. It's it's you know, and it's you know, it's the volume. It's where you're at. You know, it it all kind of feeds on each other. Yeah. So my senses are very like peak. You know, totally. Like I'm. As, as much, it. you know, as an ADD kind of guy, I'm, I'm able to really focus more than most things I do when I'm there. Well, know? I mean, the environment just really allows you to relax and get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like multiplying all our real headsy friends and fans that come out and just intensifying and multiplying the numbers mm-hmm. in the right setting, the right, you know, like some, somewhere that kind of defends what what we're into you know mm-hmm. in a nutshell so kind of for the underdog in that regard you know totally against the big sound and it's i mean um you know for everybody i mean especially for americans like the americans big weekend out is usually detroit for techno some for people sure. will do coachella or something like that here in europe they'll kind of a lot of europeans will fly into berlin for the weekend and hit the clubs yeah whatever clubs it may be and whatnot. And I mean, and there's more than just the ones, you know, I mentioned. Oh tonight, yeah. Right? I mean, like I mean, I, you, when I we were at dinner tonight, you're like, is there anything going on tonight? I looked up on the phone and it's just, there's more parties than I can count. Not all of them are going to be very, very good. In fact, I think, you know, a bunch of those would be pretty shitty to be honest, but there's some parties that are fucking great. You know yeah. what I mean? And well, I'll be at Trezor tonight. So. They're DJs that you'll never have heard of. You know what I mean? So, um, there's always something going on. That being said, are you are you going to go to Detroit this uh, this coming year? They just announced the, the yeah new lineup. I'm playing um one of the days. Yeah, right on. That'd, that'll be fun. Yeah, seems like people are already thinking ahead. Oh yeah, the 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 you know all the kind of social media sites are buzzing about it and getting yeah. messages and stuff. People are genuine. You know, there's some there's some artists on there that haven't been on the. You know, I'm sure every year there's artists on there that have never been on there, but sure. there's some that, you know, that piqued my interest, you know. Yeah, definitely. I can't even think of them all, but want fingers for sure. Mr. Fingers. Yeah. 
I mean, the other part of it is, is like, you know, uh, going to Detroit, for example, is one of those things where it kind of doesn't matter who's on the lineup either. Because I think at this point, after you go a couple times, you're just going because you know you, your friends are there. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. There's somebody that's going to surprise you that you never saw before or that you have seen before. And you're like, okay, actually, this person's got skills. Or you know what I mean? Like, it's We had fun this mm-hmm. last one. I wasn't there, but uh, yeah, you had a good right. time? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen the patio at the works so packed. Really? Wow. As that, I don't know if it was Sunday night or Saturday or Sunday night. Holy was smoke. it the interface party? Or I think it was. Seen an interface? It might have been interface, yeah. I mean, I was there at least twice that weekend, mm-hmm. the opening night. And Did you play it all, or were you just hanging out? Or I played at, at the works. Okay. Interface scene show. But yeah, the patio that Mike Mike Gervais and Corbin held it down. I mean, there was others that played out there too. Yeah. But when I was out there, those were the guys that were playing, and they were just rocking it. That's awesome. Yeah, they were killing it for sure. Yeah, memorable I'm... out there. I mean, it was you had to be outside because it was so packed inside in the front in the main room, and you know, you know how it is. It gets hot as shit in there. Oh, it's uh, ungodly hot. But... And but yeah, that was a good one. Look forward to this year. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm planning on being there. Uh I can't go into when or where yet cuz it's not nailed down. Word. But um I think I'll probably end up being there. We'll hang out and of course if if you listen to the show and you don't know either of us come up and say hello anyway. Yeah, for sure. Do that. You all good over there? Feeling great. Yeah. But anyway, I'll uh my slippers courtesy of That's right. Usually if you come over to my house and it's a little chilly out, slipper I thief. got some Hotel slippers. But, uh, yeah, so... I'm about to split them, but they're keeping my feet warm. Hey, as long as it works for right now. Uh, going into this year, 2016, we're at the end of it, how has it been for you overall? It's been a pretty good year. I mean, I think I've gone off a little track on getting the releases going and stuff, but that's okay. Been up to my my neck and remixes and stuff. So it's it's been good. It's been... I mean, if people are asking for you to do stuff, you know, as a as an artist, that's that's probably a good sign, right? It's yeah, just, I mean, it's managing the time to do my own production, which has probably lacked a little bit. But I overall, I'm I'm happy with what I've been involved with. Now, for those people that don't know, you got the label Four Track. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I mean? I have a shirt for you, by the way. Awesome. Uh, like free shirts. Uh, but so I mean, what's what's going on? Like, do you have kind of anything planned, or what's what's the deal? Well, I just finished the, as far as production. Well, for the label, whether for the it's label, you or other yeah, people. It, or... It'll be some remixes of some old stuff and new stuff. You know, I'm trying to be selective. So I, I've been teeter-tottering with the whole mixed digital and it, it only and then vinyl and digital by itself. So it's kind of, I'm kind of spinning my wheels right now. I need some people that probably want to tomahawk me, but. Right yeah. on. And, there'll, but be, there'll, you, be more, there'll be more four-track stuff coming up. There'll be more of my own production coming up and some alias work that I'm going to do. But you, you said you did a bunch of remixes? Yeah, some did one for... Well, actually, the couple of the most recent tracks were original tracks that I did one from Pole Group for the architecture of the mix CD that Rico okay. did. Yeah, There's a track on there. So that was unreleased for that project. That just came out 
think last week it just came out on the CD came out. I don't know if it's on vinyl too. I have no clue to I be should, honest. I should know the shit I'm talking about. I know. I, I it, I'm 99% positive it's available digital, right? Yeah, for sure. Digital. I'm sure it's available on Spotify. Um, whether it's the tracks or the mix for people yeah. to check out. Who, I think it was Rico, right? Rico, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that uh, his first record came out in, I want to say, 2004, maybe slightly later. Um, and I remember at the time, because there's this guy, Groskopa from Sweden, that kind of debuted him on his uh, Emergence label. And it's still really fucking well done for the time. It was kind of like everybody thought it was Regis at first because it was kind of Regis leaning, but actually better sound quality than Regis. It's a little... It's it's starting to get to that this whiskey's starting to get to that burning point, right? A little Man, bit. Let's get, why is it getting hotter and you heavier? Want some ice? I got the rocks Maybe, here. Yeah, I'll get them in a minute here. We're, but we're uh, gonna go for it, kids. Oh, we're, we're not killing that through. bottom, man. I mean, I got to fly out in the morning. I'm going to Glasgow, and I'm sure that's already gonna be fucking shit show, in the best <laughs> way possible. But uh, anyway, Regis or not Regis Rico, he's a guy that made great tracks back then, and he's always been jumping from different vibes over the years. Right now. He also does the architectural project, which is uh, it started off a bit more Detroit, but that and the Rico sound kind of have molded together, kind of how David did audio injection and truncate. Yeah, and it's this really spacey tip at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if you're a fan of his stuff, yeah, he's got a huge discography, and a lot of it's really fucking cool <laughs> stuff. Good, yeah, it's really good. You know, there's there's I mean, there's quite a few things. I mean, not to point out a specific region, but there's a lot of guys in that. Portugal and Spain, you know, like, yeah, bring that. I don't, I don't know. I can't even, I can't say, I don't want to fuck their names up yeah. out of respect for him. Like, uh, Fabrizio, Fabrizio Lapiano, is that his name? I thought he was Italian. Is he Fabrizio Italian? Lapiano, yeah. But, um, Al, uh, Alberto Pas- Pasquale. Pasquale. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is like, it's insane right now how many, cause you know, you hear a lot on the show because it's, I'm living in Berlin. We're based in Berlin. People are usually in town playing at a club in Berlin. So everybody assumes that like Berlin or Germany is a hot spot for techno. It's not no. in the least bit. There's parties. There's badass clubs. But all the best and newest fucking producers are from outside of Berlin at the moment. They're playing at dope clubs in their cities. Yep. They're hanging out in Italy. You know, France is on fire. Portugal. I mean, yeah, there's like for great sure. people making shit everywhere. I'm not. I mean, Arnold. Textier, am I saying that right? Arnold Textier, yeah. I mean, there's so many French people. A lot of these guys, Lomo and uh, I got all that stuff. Antigone, he pronounces Antigone. Uh, that's what I said. I thought it was. I thought it was Antigone, but well, I guess that's how he pronounces. But it's cla- the classic name is Antigone. It's a old. Uh, I thought I thought it was a little more reference. methodical than that, but that's his. Anyway, real, his that's new his record real. is fucking. I good. play his. I play his a lot of his stuff. Yeah, I can't tell you the name of the track, but. Yeah, you know, um, there's more. Gosh, there's, there's so, much, so much. You know, but I mean, and that's the thing. There's there's going to be more people. There's uh, there's somebody listening to the show right now. I'm sure that in 18 months we'll have some badass records that are worth mentioning. It's it's getting a lot quicker. Like back in the day, it took a long time to be able to get a record out. Not just like physically, like going through the printing press, but like to get the talent good enough to have the money to afford gear to do it, like the whole process, you know, whereas I started making music in 98. I put my first record out in 2000, 
two, maybe, give or take a year. Um, and that was pretty quick at that rate. Nowadays, uh, I would say the average people make stuff in, in like two or three years maximum they're putting out tracks. And which is cool on one hand, but on the other hand, they, you know, you go on the old man tangent like, oh, you haven't really earned your stripes yet or earned it or whatever. And no. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter when you release the music, but yeah. the thing is with care. the younger guys, yeah, but the younger guys are like, well, whatever. I've been music, I've been making music for two years, and I'm pissed off that I'm not traveling around the world and making five figures and blah blah blah. And it's just like, dude, that's I don't know, man. I, but I that's the attitude of a lot of kids yeah. these days, you know, and that's fucked up. That's, well, they, I don't know who let them down that path of those expectations, you know. Well. Or I got a couple ideas. Should I call some people out right now? No, I'm not gonna. No, but sorry. anyway, <laughs> I mean, I knew, you know, I knew from the, I knew from early on that DJs would be dime a dozen, yeah, in terms of traveling over here, and that you would have to produce. Yeah, that was the that was the that was your ticket if you wanted to become marketable in Europe. Yeah. Pull the mic a little. Closer. You'd have to be you know making tunes, and I mean that still is kind of the uh, formula. But I, I think that's slowly starting to go away. Um, you you have DJs that, like, you know, Mike Servito, for example. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that is getting known based solely on his skills as a DJ. Because it is kind of ridiculous, like, that you have to be able to do both. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, if if they want to hire him just on their DJing, I, I don't have, I don't care, you know. I don't care why they hire staying, anybody, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, um. I'm just saying, if you're a great DJ, you should that, sh- that you shouldn't be hindered by the fact I agree. that you don't make music. I agree. I was just stating what I kind of felt. Uh, DJs being a diamond dozen wasn't my assessment. I just feel like, in terms of what's going on in Europe, you know, like to be able to go and play, you know, there's just a lot to pull from. But the ones, you know, that are making tunes, they're it's e- it's easier to market them, right? Of course, because a lot of the times that I was playing based on production sake, no one ever fucking heard me play before uh, in Europe. No, it's true. I mean, well, I mean that's kind of a gamble. They're like, oh, this guy makes dope tracks. Let's get him over here. But he could be a horseshit DJ. Is this guy gonna suck? Well, it goes all over the place. Like for example, there's some places I'm. 100% certain with the fact that they booked me solely because I've released so much stuff on drum code. They have no clue what I do, if I even play that kind of sound, if whatever. If you're male or female? It does not matter as long as they can put that on the flyer to bring people in the door. And honestly, look, it's a music industry. You got to do shit like that to keep the lights on sometimes. But, I mean, yeah, you know, it's there's, you know, that whole kind of name association thing goes all over the place yeah. both ways, so... I'm grabbing anyway. a drink. Yeah, well, uh, a beer. A beer. All right. Go ahead. Let's. I think we're gonna take it up. Some, I think we're gonna take some questions from the peanut gallery. All right. So, um, I don't know. There's a bunch of different spots here that uh, people have turned some. What's that? Ah. Well, we've been drinking a lot of whiskey, so got to turn up the heat on this. That's why uh, things are going a little slow. Don't worry, I'm going to edit everything anyway. All right, so uh, yeah, first obvious, I guess I don't even know this, so let's fucking ask it. Mike Rawson from New York, he wants to know how you even got your DJ name, Hyperactive. I had a, I had a, a production 
name called Hypercussion. Okay. So I don't even know why. I Someone said, hey, you need a DJ name. So I said, uh, I just played off. It was really off that. It was really that, not nothing more than that. Sometimes that's how that happens, though, right? There's no... Yeah. I'm not going to give everybody some bullshit lying about, oh, it's because of how I DJ or what's going on in my brain when I'm playing. That's fucking bullshit. I've, I might have even said that to a few of you. Uh, but, okay, so uh, another question I was asked is, I'm supposed to ask you about your dad growing up being a Polynesian nightclub entertainer. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was born in Samoa, grew up in Hawaii, and when he made it to L.A., some of the guys reunited from Oahu, from Laie. And they got a group together, and they got a tour agent and started touring in the U.S., Canada, Midwest, ended up in Wisconsin Dells at the, the Tommy Shooter Bartlett, Vista, Tommy Tommy Bartlett Water Show. <laughs> my dad was playing in there, and that's where he met my grandfather. So really? he and all those. Wait, so he met your grandfather before his yeah, wife? My mom. Wow. <laughs> so that's the whole story. So for all the Wisconsin people out there, I know you're, you're screaming and clapping your hands. Yeah. I wouldn't be here if my if there wasn't a Wisconsin Dells. For for those who don't know Wisconsin Dells, it's basically smack dab in the middle of an area of the country you would otherwise never go to, but it's just filled with water parks and roller coasters and uh, t-shirt shops and, and duck rides and duck rides, which the is pontoon boats. It's like this boat that drives it's, on land. It's actually and it not very water. PC if you think about it now, right? It's an old World War II landing bar, weren't they like the well, they were using amphibian. the wars. I don't remember. Amphibian, yes. <laughs> Awful when you think about it. But Well, amphibian's not, not a racist comment. No, but just what the vehicle itself was a war vehicle in, yeah. by design. Right? Got to repurpose shit. Yeah. And half well, the yeah. things we're doing. Yeah. You know, Sorry. they say like uh, NASA, half the technologies that they research for astronauts end up becoming big products for human use wow. here, on, here on the ground. So anyway. So your dad was a Polynesian dancer, and he was a, he was a singer, dancer, okay, the whole show. entertainer, like front man, and and ended up one when, when he met my mom. Basically, the band was dope. The band was done. Yeah, the band wasn't getting back together. The band so was, would it be accurate to say your mother was basically Yoko Ono? Yeah, <laughs> except my dad's still alive. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um but yeah so they you know like my my mom's side they're all from chicago midwest you know right on next question comes from matt reese i'm supposed to ask you about raiders fans in kansas city oh man this will rile some feathers but i mean there's some of the biggest assholes <laughs> in all of sporting tailgating do I you mean, think you would be even like roll- the manchester fucking hooligans and it, all that you know what i don't know if i would go that far but i will tell you this i got a video after we went to the game the day after and it was one of the guys i went with and said hey did you hear check out the video and it was like a minute and a half video clip of the news ca- catching the raider casey chief fan fought brawl in in the stands like there were like girls flying across the tops of seats like dudes pushing girls just out of control jesus man fucking right so you know but i think i mean there might be some some geezers that get shanked at man you know manchester united matches i wouldn't fucking put it up against that no way 
You get your fucking head I'm, kicked in. It's, it's, it's the next level with the, with those guys, those hooligans, man. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even want to. I don't know. Um, I mean, I just the thing. I is, haven't even been to a, a, a soccer match. You know, I haven't match. either. I was into it in grade school, and and once I went to a public school where they didn't play soccer and football over here. <laughs> I never give a shit ever again because I was, you know, as a kid, you're just trying to fit in. You're like, no, I'm a skateboarder. No, I'm a basketball player. Whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, did you play any football in school or anything like that? Yeah, I played football all through high school. Yeah. We were class 4A champs. Really? What position were you? I was offensive D-line. I played both both ways. Oh, well, I bet Pretty you crazy. did. You know, when I said that, I was like, either yeah, Dustin's like, going to say something or, or I saw Charlton's it. face just light up like, oh, he's fucking dead. I'm going to get his <laughs> ass for this. Uh, let's get, Can't wait. Let's get really fucking deep and into it for a moment. Okay. This question comes from Tyler. There's a runaway trolley barreling down the railroad tracks. Ahead on the tracks, there are five people tied up and unable to move. The trolley is headed straight for them. And you're standing some distance off in the train yard next to a lever. If you pull this lever, the trolley will switch to a different track. But you have two options. Do nothing, and the trolley kills five people on the main track. Or pull the lever, which diverts the trolley onto the side track, which kills one person. What is the most ethical choice? I would probably ask God to repeat the question because we had a bad connection. By that point, you've already hit five so people, so, so you failed as a person. I'm, yeah. Why would he do that? I mean, is it any? The principle of it would say five is no worse or better than one, right? I don't know. Fuck, I would rather jump out there and try to tackle the train. Well, I mean, that's my answer. I guess I'm just gonna go with. The, I, don't, I the, mean, that's kind of setting you up. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Is that not life when it gets older, though? You've been around the block. You know the drill. It's, I mean, there's a lot of gray area out there. Not it's necessarily saying let's kill one people over five. I mean, and we didn't person. even really stipulate who the people were. Oh. Right? Fair enough. So are you saying that this could turn into a hate crime? Are you secretly a racist? No. <laughs> I would just see it if you're still listening. No. <laughs> Everybody knows me. I am not that guy. Patrick Skoog wants to know if you think 96 was the best year in techno, which also happens to be the year you made Beltway on Missile. You know what? I mean, you know, this goes back to the question you said about what was going on in Chicago. I mean, for me as an artist, that was probably like at a peak. So he was was pretty close on the money then. It, it, It was, yeah, I mean, you know, there were a lot of, wow. I mean, it was only vinyl then at the time. I'm pretty sure it wasn't even digital yet. Mm hmm. And so, I mean, there were just artists were really, you know, a lot of guys that are still in it now, you know. Um, it's arguably, I mean, you know, whatever. Others might have different preference or opinions, right? But, I mean, it's probably a three-year swing either way, you know, mm-hmm. that you could argue. I mean, would you say 99 was better than 96? No. So it's probably like 94, 95, 96, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Arguably could be some of the best stuff that came i mean what's the best 
There was a lot of good stuff well, that came out. it's all perspective. I mean, like, you know, in 95, 96, you got all that swinging shit. You got the crazy-ass green velvet tracks, all oh, that yeah, stuff. That's... And then when I think of 99, oh. I'm thinking of people like The Advent, uh, Gitano Parisio, Adam Bayer, all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Um, it's amazing Terry to Lake think of what and Gaetano and, and uh, Marco, the, the quality of the techno stuff they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not going to knock it. Whatever anyone wants to play... Fine. I, shit, I don't care. No. You know, I mean, I know some would have loved to see those guys continue along those techno kind sure. of those paths, but, you know, they didn't. So, it you know, it opens up the door for someone else to get some of the limelight. But, I mean, you know, think of all that stuff. And, I mean, there's guys that, have, that are still doing stuff that were from that era, obviously. We know. You know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke's still doing stuff. I mean, Luke Slade is Certain one of those guys that's been consistent – for his whole career, you yeah. know, you got uh, you take someone like Surgeon, he's still a legend, he's still putting Crazy. out dope shit. Guys, um, nuts, man. I mean, like, everybody has periods where they're maybe not releasing so much or they, they maybe even disappear for a bit, yeah. But, um, see, there's some of these guys, you know, Steve Bicknell recently reemerged. What a crazy-ass discography. And if, if you haven't listened to his podcast on the show, check it out. It's a little slower-paced, but... Uh, so I, I'm curious because I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never played with him. He's a heady dude. But I've 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 bought and played, and I've bought for the record shop, a different record shops, a lot of his stuff. You yeah. know, that's a lot of cosmic stuff. You know, probably other labels. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really the main guy to talk to about. You knowing just, artists, you just buy what you like and you play. Yeah. You're not like, well, you should pick up the new blah blah blah. You know, I mean. Yeah, exactly, right? I got to hear it. That's mm-hmm. it. End of story. Right on. Um, I mean, uh, and that, actually, there's another question that's kind of similar to that. Uh, Sabrina asked if you ever had periods of time where uh, you didn't make music or you kind of just gave up for oh, a minute. Or... Of course. There was a time right after I moved to California. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even retired. Yeah. That didn't last that long well, you're but here now so i was no. tra- well you know i was trying to you know i was married at the time a young father you know young daughter mm-hmm. and had to say hey i need to try to pro- you know not be a fuckhead and and do this do yeah. the right thing and re- take care of the family you know i mean yeah the fuck you gonna do man put the food on the table yeah right shit shit all that shit <laughs> but you know so there was a period there where i tried to retire and I, so it was probably from about 99 through about 2004, probably a five-year swing, five, six-year swing where I was just completely like out of sync, out of rhythm, out of touch, in between that analog and digital, in-the-box kind of stuff where where it just seemed like the whole market, all the resources, all the knowledge pool of people that were writing were like, not on analog shit anymore. They're all in the box. Well, it was it was a weird time right? in general. Yeah, that was all. There was a, it was that cusp. Some people were moving to tractors. Some were like, "Well, I'm still buying records." Well, I guess that's the same. As it, well. it was. But, I mean, a, it was new then. It was turbulent. And also, like techno as we knew it was done. There was only minimal. Every single producer had a new yeah. minimal alias. They had a new minimal label, or tech house or whatever. So, like, it was just a strange period. I, I feel like it was, like, 7th or 8th grade 
when you're kind of going through puberty and like some kids haven't figured out what deodorant is yet or like why they're growing fucking three inches a month or you know what I mean? Like all these growing pains and shit. And that was kind of a period for music it's back totally, then. It's a good analogy. I never, I, I, you know, when I was kind of like disconnected and detached a little bit, you know, yeah. there was a lot of stuff going on musically that I, I was kind of spared luckily yeah you know just to kind of see the outcome and direction of some some artists and some labels like wow like do they realize what they had in the palm of their hands like what's going on but that's but that's fine you know because i I, i'm gonna gravitate towards the the stream of of the stuff that i like you know musically you know what i'm gonna buy and play as an artist right so it doesn't matter if some come and go i mean that's just the nature of it right well, but I mean, even at that, uh, I guess that was a little bit after that period, but you did get back into it around, what, 2007 or About 8? About 6, I mean, uh, you know, 2006, 7, Cause you did those kind of some tough times, man, you know, when I think back in those years, I mean, I don't want, I can't relive those years, it was just, everybody you know, was. I wasn't home, you know, Chicago's home for me, you know, yeah. like, I'm, like, I don't think the umbilical cord ever was cut when I left no. there, you know, I was still so connected very loyal to my roots there and my family and friends and the music and just the Chicago in general, you know, kind of feel like it's a place where I'll die in the end. But, um, microphone, but, um, I'm, I lost track here. Well, let's have know. a, let's have a little drinky poo. Talk Here's about the thing, train wrecks. There's the, that's, that could arguably be one of the first ones. I that's got why we do deep. the show though. That's, we got to get a little introspective here. I like oh. introspect. Anyway, here's the That's deal. That's why though. I like living in the Midwest. Hey, it's a seasons. good spot. When you have the seasons, seasons, a lot of introspect comes into play. But you you mentioned 2006, 2007. Yeah. I think yeah. Sorry. anybody that lived in America in 2007 knows October 2007 when the fucking bubble popped for the housing market. Everything went to shit. Um, a lot of us lost our jobs, switched careers, the whole thing. Yeah. That was like the worst you know and challenging um, time i mean you know we lit we were in that was in our you know in our coherent stage of life we you could feel those things going on right yeah well i mean that's i mean i literally saw the real not that anyone gives a fuck about this everybody knows southern california real estate market boomed mm -hmm. from the minute of you know like i mean there were properties down by the beach that were 350 that Probably a million dollars now. Or yeah, more. of course. You know, so like, wow. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, you know, I, I remember when when the market first dropped out, all my friends lost their job in Minneapolis. So much so that I recall on a Monday night, we all went fucking bowling. And then when the bowling alley closed at 9 o'clock, we all went and had dinner. And then we had, we went to, yeah, pour a little out for me. Uh, we all went to... I don't even the know. Vegas? No. Well, they're, One they're of doing my favorite. that now. Yeah, there's that. Karaoke bars in Northeast. I can't sing. Is it even Northeast? It is. But the thing is, is it's like, uh, you know, we went to the movie theater because we, we are all laid off. We didn't have to get up for work. And we thought that, like, well, because this had never really happened to my generation. We grew up in the 90s with Bill Clinton and the dot-com thing. So we're just like, well, this can't last more than a couple months. So we're like, unemployment. This is fucking awesome. You fast forward to like May, June, July, August. I, did you play that accelerator party? I don't remember the campout. 
No. I don't think he did. Anyway, like name, at though. that point, people were still laid off. It was like a year people were laid off, and it was bad. And I would have to say 2016 is... Nobody's really necessarily laid off right now, but everybody's having a shitty fucking year. And uh, I, for one, am having a bad one, and I'm glad that it's over. But uh, This year? Yeah. I mean... I was talking, you know, John Hester. Yeah, he's here. I was talking. Is he here? What? Is John here? I think he's on. He did a real dope release. He did a track on, that was really on good. Dystopian, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. Uh, he's. I think he's on the road tonight. Things are picking up. He was on the podcast. I'm happy to hear that. If you don't know who he is, check out that one. But we were talking he's last. A Minneapolis night guy here, right? More or less. I think he actually Midwest, started yeah. off in Chicago. Ended really? up in Minneapolis when I moved there. Yeah. He's been out here for a while. You never told me that, John. Yeah, but it basically it's like 2016 has just been shit for everybody across the board, and ah. it's been ups and downs for me. The way I, I guess it, it can't it can't be too bad because I'm feeling pretty good right now thinking about it. So hey, that's better than I a guess lot I'm of just being positive, say. you know. There's something to be said for that, though. There's a lot of opportunity. I mean, things that I don't know. It's a lot to reflect on, but. Well, all in all, for me, it was okay. It was okay. I can't complain. Next year seems pretty good, though. Awesome. Any reason in particular? Or? Just like some just opportunities and, you know, and just in general, you know, musically, personal life. Awesome. So, uh, Kurt X wants to know, how is it possible to be so badass for 25 years? <laughs> You can only be that badass if you've been to at least five drop bass parties back in the heyday and survived to tell the story. How many would you say you've been a part of or Uh, been to? I mean, well, I think the ones that I've been to, I've always played at. So, I mean, you know, maybe a dozen or more. Right on. Shit, I don't know. Could be more. That's But there was a period where I was kind of detached, a little disconnected, and I know they were doing a lot of parties, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I don't know, shit. I mean, they could have been doing monthly, quarterly, or maybe a couple, couple a year. I think... Uh, I missed a lot of... Fur- I missed all the... I played the first further and the and the most recent one. Uh, all the ones in between, I, I didn't even go to. Oh, shit. I, I wasn't at Dap Pong. Oh, man. Know. Man, I was just talking... Just, I just heard an interview the other day from a big DJ, and they were talking about how they were at, uh, at, at front and center for Dap Punk. Nobody yeah. seems to remember that person being there. I but anyway, I was, yeah, no. But I was there for Apex it. Twin, and that was a good one. That's when he DJed. Yeah, he's starting to make. I think he's in Houston tonight, of all places. Apex. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of people in the Midwest that we're talking about. Yeah, we're flying down. Do we go to this? Do we the go only to that? Time I go to Houston. I'm like what the fuck? Yeah, there's but he's great food and good people out we there. We got though. we got some techno homies on the label down there. Andre Morant. Yeah, Henry Chow, Sasha, Sasha all those guys. Those guys at Recline or Recline is it Recliner? Recliner, Recliner yeah. Houston. There's other people. There's there's another guy that used to bring me out there. His name is Ethan. Damn it, what's his last name? But he was a promoter, real real cool guy. I lost kind of touch with him a year, probably in the Cali days. Okay, but yeah, there's ads everywhere. Dallas, Austin. I used to you know some early parties back in I the day in Dallas before in Austin. Yeah. I've never played in Dallas, but I played in Austin a few times. And there's guy; those guys are all scattered. I think you know yeah. summer in L.A. and Phoenix. Who knows where some of these guys are? You know, but you hear you see them pop up. You know, 
yeah. on Facebook. They're like, oh, shit, I've been out. I've been gone for 20 years. Yeah. It's like, I'm back. Doing? Yeah. You're like, well, we need to have a talk. Things have changed. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tony Rohr wants to know, he wants you to dish out the craziest story you have while working at Hip House. Oh, man. How did what? How did he know things got so buck wild at that place, man? What where where should people start that have no clue what hip Me, house is or hip house was one of the record shops in Chicago that were kind of really they caught they got popularity more after like imports etc after gramophone after hot jams they, there was a wave where B ninety six was kind of on fire you know the radio was on fire with the mix shows right they switched yeah. from WGCI and WBMX. And so hip house kind of was like northwest side of the city, not really in the city. It was in, it was on the fringe, right? Damn near in the suburbs, but it was um, kind of like in a mini mall. It was called a hip house. You know, it was like, you know, it, but they had, you know, like the, the people that work there, you know, it was like this ragamuffin guys from that were kind of radio centric guys, you know, and then there was underground guys like Sneak. Mm-hmm. Was there Julio Bishop? Trax was there. Was Sneak shit talking all the way back then. Oh, he was, Sneak was, was the same from day one. <laughs> no, you know, actually, I, I met a person who was super cool, but he's always talking shit on Twitter. So, yeah, know. no, you know, I mean, Carlos, man, I love you, brother. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything that he would. You know, I'm just he was he was the same from day one. You know, uh, kind of confrontational. Like that was he liked that right. I he like people when that. they kind it's of pretty pretty honest, you know, for the most, for, you yeah. know, larger part, you know. But uh, it was it was not so. Back to Tony's question. I mean, Sneak got me the job there. Okay. So I there were uh, these other characters that were there at the time, you know, apart from the owners and stuff. But after hours, so the owners like Rob and Andy, they were gone. You know, and this is before they had any other owners. There was two original owners. Of the store, but when they they were never really working, they weren't they didn't do the day to day stuff, so they left it to like the managers. Like, and we would they had a poster, you know, like in Spencer in the mall, they would have the cheesy poster bin. Well, we'd have all these posters that we had just to sell in this fucking store, <laughs> but no one ever bought <laughs> that shit, right? So we would we would we would wrap them up and tape them up, and we would whack each other in the calf and whoever would give up would lose so we would just destroy these fucking posters dude. <laughs> what like, kind of posters were they though they could have been like you know pamela anderson just some bullshit posters <laughs> right just some garbage spencer glow in the dark per- blue fucking you know, purple eyes take me to your yeah it was just stupid shit. shit you know we was like yeah this is getting taped up we taped these up and there'd be like five guys running around the hip house Trying to whack each other on the legs and get each other to cry like a little bitch. It was like me, Sneak, his brother Juan, dude Eddie, maybe one or two others. And we would just get fucking stupid for like an hour. And we'd just laugh and cry. <laughs> and there'd be like torn up poster. We call it, I think we call it whip fights or something. Dude, stupid. <laughs> crazy, crazy times, man, at that place for sure. Approximately when was this when you were there? Damn, um, that had to be about 90, let's see, 94 through 90, 94-ish through 97. Shit, it might have been almost three, three and a half years. So if the, like, 
Let's say like a fucking hot record at the moment. Not like maybe not quite anthem status, but just like a really good selling record. How many copies are you pushing out of the shop alone? Wow. You know, so we, so hip house is a very kind of uh, ethnically diverse area. It was kind of like right out of the edge of super hoodie, Latino black area. And then there was like right on the edge of a lot of Italian and Polish part Mm -hmm. of, like Chicago, right? It's like um, this mix melting pot of kind of a clash, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could, you could have like a Hathaway track that would sell, you know, we could probably sell 500 in there alone. Or we could sell some um, strictly rhythm track, you know, that's getting beat on the radio, you know, shit they're caning on the radio. So, I mean, they could probably lit, seriously sell three to 500 tracks or 300, records. 1200 records. It, it, you know, in a run, for sure. Man, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts, man? You know, I mean, these days... Especially if it was a Chicago track. If it was like a DJ Funk, like, Work It or something, they probably sold 300 of them, 400. Yeah. One store? Just one store. This And there's multiple stores at, at this point. I mean, they had one, but, I mean, there was three. So when Hip Hop was around, there was still hip. There was still Hot Jams and Gramophone. Those are the still. And the only ones that the one, only one that's left is Gramophone. In the whole of Chicago. I mean, there's other. What, what's an import record going for right now? How much is somebody going to pay out there? 15 to 20, I think. No shit. Something like that. Maybe yeah. oh, maybe 12 to, to 17. Man, I, it's I, a single. I was just bitching to David the other day because... Uh, the United States uh, records that are coming into Europe right now, if I go over to Hard Wax, I think they just raised the price, and they're about 14 euros a Wow, record. that's fucked up. And man. I was getting, I was like, what the fuck? I, you know, and I mean, I I'm, I go to the States a lot. I should just have them sent to my yeah. house there and yeah. pick up. But I need to have it now because I'm anal. Yeah, like that. that shit's going on now. So, right? um, You're playing tomorrow. I mean, here's you the deal. Shit. So, basically, uh, I was bitching. He's like, well... Yeah, but I'm still in the states. I'm used to paying fourteen to fifteen all the time, and but the, the thing is, is yeah. like, uh, I recall because I, you know, I used to do the record buying for a record shop in the states and stuff in Minneapolis. And once it's, you know, ten ten bucks, fine, I'll pay ten bucks a record. But I just remember I, I kind of threw the cards in when it started being eleven ninety nine, and Tractor was coming around. I was like, you know what, I I I no longer can afford this. I was in college, you know, mom and dad weren't paying the the fucking bills at this point like it was all on me and yeah you know it's crazy to think that the dom- a domestic that was like you know two three three and a half back in the day mm-hmm. that's selling for you know it's, it's triple basically yeah man i mean I, that was why i tried to buy a lot of u.s music at the time when yeah. i was younger because it's like six seven bucks a record you could get it for yeah now i'm guessing a domestic in the states is probably what 10 bucks something like that You got to take a piss? Go for it. I got to piss. All right, we're back here now. Uh, just did a little bathroom break. What do you think about the bathroom? Bio Pretty break. beautiful, huh? Clean and new and nice. How about the setup, though? Pretty pro, hey? The headphones, the... Uh... This exceeded my expectations, I have to say. That's right. We're pro over here. In fact... I mean, there's windows... 180 degrees of windows, That's glass. Right. We could see. I like the nature. We could see the little canal. It's like the Cal Sag in Chicago. Nice and dirty. 
So we're about two glasses of sake, a couple beers, and half a bottle of whiskey into the podcast here. We're making progress. Uh, what do we got on in the background on the turntable there? Is that that, I don't know, what porn sort tobacco record yeah, or something? Yep. New one. Hard wax. Right on. Good do we shit. get any royalties for plugging these guys? No. No. Oh. Damn. I'm going to write it down, though. It's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Or at so. least get the promos. Because it's worthy. Damn, should I go turn it off? It The record will run out. Nobody well, can really hopefully hear Hopefully it's locked anyway. at the end so it doesn't scrape. Give me the... I'll edit this the shit sure. out anyway. So, uh, I got a question that came in on the interwebs. And, uh, the interwebs? Yeah. Where's Tim Baker? Actually, that was, a, that was another thing I want to get into. I haven't done it, but... I can edit this shit out because I'm a master at that. Here's the deal. I want to play a little name association with Chicago. I'll bring up a name. Mm-hmm. You can either comment on whether you know into something, nothing. Sure. Hate them, cool. like them, or I got a story about it. Yeah. I randomly just pulled up a fucking Wikipedia page with a bunch of names. The Hot Mix 5. What rings a bell to that? Wow. Well, I played their 35-year anniversary this summer. Really? How did that go? It was good. It was at McCormick Place. I mean, McCormick is way over the top. It's a little bit too much for them. What does that mean, though? I don't much. know what it is. Like McCormick Place is, it is posh the, or it, it, well, it's one of the it, well. I think it's the biggest convention center in North America. Okay. They had like five rooms, and they, you know, I think they probably could have scaled it down a little bit. But you know, that's just my opinion. I think because I would have liked to see more people. The bulk of the people in maybe one or two rooms, but they had like five, maybe, I don't know, maybe six rooms. So everybody was kind of fragmented, you know? That's the thing with parties where you have multiple people. That's everywhere in the world. The biggest mistake I think promoters make, well, there's plenty of big mistakes, but once everything's said and done, a lot of promoters, the first couple parties, they'll try to do two rooms right off the bat. They're like, well, we're expecting a 1,000 people. There will be 800 in your room and 200 in the other room. Turns out they get 400 people at a party because it's the first one. They don't know how to promote, which is fine. But you get 200 in one room and 200 in the other. So really, it doesn't seem like that busy of a party. Or there's, you know, another 100 people outside smoking yeah. a cigarette, getting a drink, hitting the toilets. Yeah. That's always the case, right? So if you're listening, my rule of thumb is do not move to a second room until you absolutely have to. Or there's just a crowd that's going to completely yeah. satisfy that that need. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'll second that. Ron Hardy. Crazy. I wish I had the. I wish I could say I saw him back in the day. I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Frankie Knuckles. Nope. Neither. I mean, Frankie was in New York, you know, at at some point, so he left kind of early. But I wish I would have been at like what did so. So Frankie did warehouse and then so okay so ron did music box but i wasn't there man right on this was a bit i would i would i wish because because his spirit of what he was doing and what he was open to like his mind he was he, he was a little less confined than a lot of the djs you know even now he was uh open to really kind of push the boundaries you know it reminds me of her cool dj um Oh boy, from New York, one of the early guys. Yeah, the early guy, probably one of the first guys, right? Yeah, arguably. Yeah, 
Um, I respect him a lot, man. Sad that he's not here anymore, but uh, you know, I you know, maybe Sensation was was part of Ron. One of his tunes that I know that I have, but I wish I would have got to know him, you know, back in the day. I wish I could have said, I wish I could actually say I've been to either one of those at the warehouse or the music box. Green Velvet, or also known as Cashmere. Man, talented guy. Um, Crazy music. Just on that next level at the time. Well, at the one, you know, when he was putting that stuff out between casual and relief is green velvet i mean you guys guys super talented man love his me i mean you tell me i mean you know his some of his tracks and stuff really just set shit on fire oh totally globally I mean, let alone chicago like holy shit I you think know, percolator it, conflict oh. yeah. i mean there's plenty of guys that did the jack and shuffly stuff from chicago to great acclaim but I think he would be the number one guy to bring up in a conversation like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, he re- you know, and and I knew I knew his boy. I knew my boys worked there. You know, for him at the time before they did one off and did guidance. Yvonne and and Rob, you know, those two of my homies that were with him there. I you know I wish shit man, wish those guys were still around. I'm glad that, you know, Cash is still doing stuff now. No. I mean, I to be honest, I'm not keeping up with him so much these days. But I want to say, from the little I know, it sounds like he's maybe almost doing better than ever. Like number of gigs. I don't know. You know I don't even know if he's in shy, but I, I haven't. Uh, I respect him a lot, man. He he de- he deserves a shit ton of credit. I mean, he, he's one of my all time favorites. If, I mean, if you really are. Argued, he'd be fucking stupid, pretty much, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Like, it's funny because there's people like the Percolator, people that have nothing to do with our music or our scene at all. Yeah. They know that scene. Like, if you talk about the Percolator, they can start like mouthing the rhythm. It had it's the, time it, for the Percolator. It had and that crossover no appeal, clue. right? Like, they hundred percent didn't know we were jacking and jacking in the club and shit like that. Totally. Know? And I mean, I don't know. Like, for example. You know, it's already come up. That was a song at my brother's wedding reception in Nautilus. That's awesome. In the Bahamas. So, I mean, like, uh, (laughs) you know, obviously David, a good friend of both of ours, he's into jack tracks. Me and David talk about that, about jack tracks all the time. We trade that kind of stuff. Um, You know, the Chicago kind of house and techno vibe. Uh, And Cashmere, well, definitely the Green Velvet side of it was at the forefront for sure. I mean, there's plenty of people yeah. that make cool shit. What do you think about uh, some of the kind of names that fall off the radar, like uh, Gemini, for example? Crazy. Raw, just raw talent. Spencer, yeah. It's Spencer Kinsey. So uh, I haven't seen him in a long time, man. Well, he came up on the show recently because there's a lot of re-releases and supposedly found tracks that were lost from back in the day, that kind of shit. But I heard he fell on some hard times, and we're still trying to figure out yeah. what the hell happened. But uh, yeah, amazing! I miss, I miss that guy, man, uh, Spencer. And on top, you know, the, one of the things that I miss a lot from him, as much as the music was, he was a funny guy. Was he? He was just quirky, just crazy, you know. And I remember we did the show in Cincinnati. It was like me, him, Lego, 
someone else. Damn it, I can't remember. Forgive me, but um, he was afraid of flying. And it was when those puddle hoppers didn't sh- remember. But pre nine eleven, pre nine eleven, they didn't lock the cabin door. You could see right out the pilot window. And we had some turbulence, and Spencer was talking. He was cracking this joke. And as soon as the turbulence hit, he was like, "Oh, you know, he's sitting <laughs> the, in the seat." Just his stomach fell out. The like whole his shit. whole countenance changed, like instantly. You know, <laughs> and I was like, "It's all right, man. We're gonna be all right, man. It's normal shit, man. Don't worry, dude." He was like took him a minute to regain his composure but man i miss that guy raw yeah just I some raw you know it was great i you know i'm glad that cash was able to give a lot of those guys a shot to release stuff you know I mean, even more than myself because who, but i mean actually with gemini who who is more responsible would you say no i'm glad that cash gave him an outlet to do it there may not have been anyone else to do it i don't know i don't think Gemini stuff would have fit who, for. Who else was Cash putting out for people who don't like? I don't know, Baby Pop. Okay, Baby Pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, was he doing? You know, um, man, that guy's stuff is sick, man. If you yeah. if you go back and listen to those, know what I'm saying. Well, I know Baby and, Pop, but I know Gemini for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, that's I mean, those are a couple artists. I mean, there's 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 a lot that came out. I can't think of them all, but. Uh, it's just it was I'm just glad that it was a homegrown, you know, just being a Chicago kid, you know, that it was able to give a lot of guys a, a chance to uh to get get their sound out, right? Yeah. Well, fuck. I mean, I mean Glenn Underground, be you know, Boo and all them. I mean, they were, you know, they came out later on other labels and stuff, but when I when I think of those names, when I see those names like now, I think of relief. Oh yeah, I think 100%. of casual. Hundred percent, Daje. I mean, how can you not associate Daje? I mean, Daje. You think of casual, you know. Hundred percent, man. I mean, uh, I have a firm vision in my mind, like that classic relief sound. It will never so raw. I remember we built Star Trek the second one. Oh, now you've done it. Well, we just spilled the whiskey. Son of a bitch. Uh, We built. So you keep talking. I'm gonna get the Kleenex here. Shit, man! It's gonna hit the computer and blow the whole thing up. Yeah, we built uh, me and Ron, George Loof, Jeff Loof, a couple guys. We we took an empty cinder block building and basically built a second Star, Star Trek when it was in Orland. Or Oak Forest, maybe, and then it went over to Crestwood. And I remember uh, Cash doing some of the uh, some of his early stuff there. You know, mastering some of it. Cash just was smart, dude. Knew how to work that old analog stuff, man. He had a ton of gear in there in the studio. I was just like, whoa, man, I want to go in there, but I don't want to go in there. I didn't meet Cash until a lot later. It's yeah. like almost 2000. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew him. Like, he would, him and Carlo, I'd see all them guys at Shelter at nights I'd play. In, not every time I play, but I would mm-hmm. see them here and there. They'd be out there just getting buck wild on the dance floor. And, man, those guys, I mean, that's some of my best memories of playing in Chicago and the clubs was at Shelter. Nice. Uh, you looking for a lighter? Yeah. You stole Sorry. mine, so... Uh, DJ Funk. 
DJ Funk is a shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so raw. I wonder what's up with DJ Funk in the age of uh, feminism and being politically correct and everything. 2016 is not a good year to be in Booty House. Let's be frank. On you know, it's just. Yeah, well, I'm sure he doesn't pay. <laughs> I don't any, think he gives shit. <laughs> any credence to any of that shit, you know? Because let's face it, at the end, there's going to be those fans and followers, or you know. Well, man, I was saying the same shit in 1998 as that I'm saying right now, because it's like it's not like the the movement is anything new. For example, you know what I yeah. mean. But, uh, you know, in 98, you just hear the most degrading stuff ever. But the girls were going fucking crazy to it, uh, you know? Yeah, Funk was one of the first ones that I met from the, you know, kind of the dance mania all-stars, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. He was he was on the west side, not far from the hip house. He would come in all the time. We would just shoot the shit, you know, just talking. Good guy, man. Funny guy. Yeah. Talented. Raw, just raw. He shit. is, man. But that's the thing. I mean, I, I think a lot of people that um that are kind of aspiring to be into music these days and shit like that, it they definitely come into it with a mindset, not necessarily as in like just being a fucking guy who or a girl who wants to have a good time or an artist, but it's just like, well, I want to get gigs or I want to make money and stuff like that. Whereas like these people that it was never really this idea that you could make money and travel. You're just like, we're oh, fucking man. around. We're having a good time. You know, I think there's a mix of that. There's a mix of those trying to progress their career. But there's a lot of guys, including myself, that really didn't have a model for what we could be, right? Because we didn't really align and associate ourselves with mainstream producers, artists. So we never really... I I personally, I, I'll speak for myself. I didn't shoot for that. That's not what I was going for. That's not what I wanted. I just wanted to contribute to a scene of collective minds and interests that appreciated the music that was a mainstream because, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's kind of your sanity check, right? Like, I like this. I like that. I like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. Am I weird? Because I don't, I'm not the norm, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm hearing a different, I'm hearing something else. You know, and and that, you know, these early records you hear in Chicago back in the day, you know, Chicago, Detroit stuff, New York, later the European stuff. Not that there's any hierarchy here that needs to be respected. I'm just talking about like what was what we heard back Mm -hmm. in Chicago. We, you know, um, anyway, I don't know what we're talking about. It doesn't matter at this point, but uh, actually it it brought something to mind. Yeah, pour it out. I have other. I have, I got scotch and the whole shit. If you want something else, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's more beer here. Nice. Um, but you know, so the '90s was very. You're focusing on Chicago, Detroit. What happened when you know you start talking about Europeans that were coming into the scene at that point, in, like of, of prominence? You got like Carrie Lakebush, Adam Barry. You have uh, Advent Oliver Hole. All that kind of stuff that's starting to get big. Surgeon Regis. Uh, I mean, it was popular in, in Chicago at the time, but among like those kind of names that we've been talking about in your peers, was it kind of like, uh, fuck those Europeans kind of no, thing? No, we were totally into it. No, no, we I embraced it. And, and frankly, you know what? If there was a handful of us that didn't play that stuff and didn't play it in our ta- mixtapes mm-hmm. and our sets, they would have very little or any recognition. And I'm not, I, this is not a... This is not me. I'm talking about the greater community, yeah, right? Um, 
they probably those people would know them, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of them aren't even producing anymore. So there's only a handful of them that are producing now that anyone could reference now. Of course. If you just happen to jump into the techno scene, quote unquote, now. Yeah. Which is the case. So all the old school heads, they know the old stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, people that do listen, but there's, like, we just talked about Gemini for, what, five minutes or something. Yeah. And that's a guy that nobody knows about. He had a couple re-releases recently, and that's why I brought him up. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys that kind of... They didn't even fall through the Man. cracks. They're just not around anymore. But I, you know, I don't know the facts. But I mean, I saw Heather, DJ Heather, on Chicago. Mm-hmm. We were talking about. Oh, she's a badass. Yeah, we were talking about um, Spencer. You know, Gemini. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I was like, I haven't seen him in like a long like, minute. Like, and she's, you know, saw him in passing, mm-hmm. but really to know like couldn't get a read on where he was what he was doing how he's doing you know mm-hmm. what he was doing and that hurts you know because you 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 admire and respect those guys those guys and shit you know if they were struggling you'd want to try to help reach somehow out, reach course, out yeah. like you know call call me you know need a meal yeah come on let's go get some neat you know i'm anybody knows me i'm always down for that kind of stuff you know totally you know and i mean we are this is a scene whether it's um whether you're a DJ and producer or whether you're into the artistic side or fashion or whatever, there's a lot of eccentric people in it. So uh there's always a lot of stories. There's people that fall on hard times or good times, but um Yeah. I think at least the good people Man. will be yeah. not quick, but they would like to help out, you know, people like that and Yeah, I mean you know, Chicago's got a lot of good people, you know. I mean Chicago can be seem very big at times and very small at times because there's a lot. I'm not. I'm, I won't speak for everyone, but sometimes, sometimes there's a lot of politics in Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. and you hear about it now, and it's like you know, I kind of hurts a little bit, you know, because I don't get caught up in all that stuff. You know, I'm trying to help everyone. I support parties that I, I don't play all the parties, you know, but I try to support them. I go out and stuff. But it could sometimes it seems you know I've heard people a lot of people say that people hold each other back and stuff and that happens here though too. You're gonna play tomorrow night. There's gonna people that, there's gonna be industry people there that want to fucking go balls out and they will not or ovaries out whatever sex you are. They want to go crazy and they won't because they're afraid of uh, you know getting a little too wasted or having too much fun. And yeah, that's everywhere, you know. Yeah, it's just you know, but you know, there's for the most part in Chicago, you know, there's a close, close connection. You know, there's a lot of pride, of course. Yeah, there should be. There's just cause for that. Um, but yeah, man. Um, what else we want to talk about? Josh from Chicago. He's written in a couple times. Um. He wants to know why techno is so slow right now. Will it get fast again? I honestly think it's getting pretty fast already. I, you know, I've been playing a little faster than I have recently. I mean, back in the day when we were playing Missile, you know, Peace Frog, all the techno, all the usual big, you know, planet, you know all, all, all that's whatever. In the one thirty six plus, like to one maybe even one forty 
two, three. If you're talking like Advent and shit, definitely. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it, uh, maybe I'm just trying to fool people. It was probably up at 146 even to some point. You yeah, know? the Liberator stuff for sure. You yeah. know, so um, what was the question again? Shit, I why is it so slow right now? And so slow because I again. Well, I think th- I think you have a lot of. Personally, I think you have a lot of DJs in the middle of identity of what they want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I say, if you play both house and techno, and you're playing, I mean, Bergheim, you're not going to play house in Bergheim. You could play a house track. That's not man. Faster. I played hours of it there in a row. Where snacks? Well, there too. But I I did that the last time in August. Oh. Well, uh, Vanessa was there, awesome. and um, well, Isabel I'm glad to hear that because well. We'll stay like, on track. You bought that, we that can old yours born record earlier yeah, today, and I said yeah. you could play that there tomorrow. Well, I mean, it wasn't the tempo I was worried about; it was more of the just the vibe of it, you know. But anyway, maybe I'm trying to be too compartmental myself, but it happens, right? Fuck, Shit. whatever. Um, I don't know. I think, but what will it get fast again, or would you want it to? Well, get I faster? think it's already. I think in some aspects it's already fast again. I agree. I I've seen posts months ago, like yeah, the age of 130 plus or 140 is back. 100. percent I don't need to. I don't need to I credit mean, who said that, but I mean that's. I think in Europe in general, they've always been a little bit quicker, even yeah. in, in the house. I, I, I let's just talk techno. Played a little more. I. That's where, like always been fast. Well, like the earlier, like when, it, when we did the early sh- shows in Chicago, like 303, when Saskia and that from DJX played with mm-hmm. uh, Acid Junkies, she was playing spastic on on 45, negative yeah. eight. But, but, my, but Dearborn's like, let's go here. Let's hear old girl, man. She's got, spat, you know, blah, 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 blah. I want to get Mike Stoppelson. Dearborn on the show. Mike That's would be another. an awesome one. Man, that'd be great. It'd be rowdy. It'd be rowdy. It, Mike, if you are listening for some reason, hit me up. <laughs> it, he will give it to you straight. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. A, he gives, yeah. He but, doesn't want to talk about no techno stuff, right? Because people <laughs> come up and talk to him about techno. He's like, I don't play techno. I play tracks. Uh, and, I, and you know, I was talking about that with Javon Jackson about Mike. But, uh, yeah, the tempo, I think, has a lot to do with... I think well, I think a lot of the production has been not that you can't pitch something up, but I think the general vibe of a lot of the stuff was in that realm. So like one twenty nine, one th- you know, like one twenty seven to maybe one twenty nine. Yeah. Once you get into one thirty range, the, like that was the pretty, range for the last ten years, but it, now it's getting bigger. Yeah, so I, it's probably crawled from one thirty. Like I saw Zach, I I, I oh, saw Zach him. Smart. He's fucking He's, fast. He man. was one thirty two even at Smart Barn. I was like, oh, it's running. I was like, it's running because I know Zach will play one thirty three and up, right? Yeah. So, um, I I don't know. I just think it's a I just think it's a vibe right now more than anything, and or I don't want to say a trend, but. There's stuff, there's DJs. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier, right? Well, Dax J, for example, he's playing 136 right now. I'm sure now. a lot of the Dutch guys are playing a lot quicker. A, a I lot mean, of- listen to the production, and that's a, and that's a sign of what is yeah. being played, right? Because you listen to a lot of UVB, uh, the more stuff. That's 132, 134, yeah. It's like hauling I mean, ass, you For know? me, I, you know, I guess everybody would say this, but this was 
I slowed my pace down even back in 2004 or five already. Really, my thing kind of works best at 128, to be honest. Yeah. But I inched it up because there's some records that you, if you slow it down, it doesn't have the same vibe. And if you speed it up, it doesn't have the same vibe. So but a true. lot of the records I'm buying, I don't realize at the store that they are what you know, intended 132, to be 134. So if I go ahead and start playing the track at 128, it's going to sound like shit. So I've been playing lately records that are, you know, they're originally at 132, and I've, I've been keeping it around that same pace. And I think for the most part, a lot of people are doing that. I don't necessarily know if that's going on, what's going on in the States, but I definitely think that faster BPMs are back in, in techno music. So I don't know what the original length of this podcast will be, but we have been sitting here for a while having some drinks, getting yeah. deep, getting stupid, getting boring in some parts. But uh, anyway, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. That means we got to start plugging shit. Uh, for you coming up, is there any gigs or podcasts or remixes or anything people should be keeping an eye out yeah, for? Yes, so t- um, tomorrow night playing Bergheim. Okay. Um, I'm pl- I can announce it now. I'm playing 8 to noon. Okay. 8 a.m. Sunday morning till noon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just... Uh, Submitted a track, an original track for York Pronx Rescue Your City compilation uh, to New York, Chicago. No, it's Reclaim Your City. That's... Re- Why am I saying rescue? York, you're going to, you could kick me in the nuts at Bergheim tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway. Rescue Your City. Why was I saying Reclaim? Like same shit, just flounder, different. Either flounder, way, good label, flounder cool podcast. Yeah, so, re- so Reclaim Your City. Mm-hmm. Did a new track. I'm and, and I made them wait a long ass while for this, and I'm sorry, guys, but it's kind of one of those things where if you want criticism, I'll give you honest criticism. If you want, if you're gonna rush me to finish something, don't because you're better off waiting. In the just long not run. gonna happen. It's just it's better for the overall project that you just wait. So sorry for making you wait so long. So there's that. What else? Somebody uh, wrote a question, Manic Brothers Remix. Did you do one for them? I did. Yeah, I did, did one did for them. Did that come out already? It or? already came out. Oh, yeah. okay. That was for, um, for CN label. Okay, Octopus. Was it Octopus? Yeah. yeah. Move the microphone over this one. Yeah, sorry. All good. Uh, any others that people need to look out for, or you just you can't remember? Um, there'll be some, some remixes, some contact classics coming out next year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess they can just Chicago. Google... Look on Facebook or whatever for for you to keep yeah. up with all that. Yeah, for sure. There's a website and right on Facebook. What's are pretty visible on there. I haven't heard a podcast or anything from you in a while. You got any of that coming? Nothing right now, but uh, we'll be something. I'm, you know, it's like prioritizing, right? So I'm trying to finish production. Fair enough. But like I can't you said, really argue but like that. you said, you know, it's a balance, right? You have to. Do a little bit of everything. Instagram, Snapchat, podcasts. All that good stuff. All that blog shit, you know. Well, um, before we get to that point, is there anything else you got to mention before we wrap it up? No, it's just good to be back here with you. and We're going to have a good weekend. We're going to rip it up a little bit. Yeah, it should be fun. And anybody that's here visiting or living here, now it's come on out. Well, this will be an after the fact, but uh, oh yeah, if well, we did run into you this weekend, we had a great time. Uh, all that shit. 
So, uh, you know, sometimes I, I give the floor to people. This is the last chance. You've had a good run over 20-plus years in the game, good records, nice gigs, all that shit. Um, you sure you don't want to say anything that could ruin your career here on the show? No, I don't have anything negative to Save say. it for next time? Next time, maybe. All right, fair enough. I think I've revealed myself and was transparent. Transparent, yeah, part. yeah, that works. Good enough. Uh, as for myself, um, I got nothing on my end as far as podcasts. Of course, this one. I will have one coming out in January. Actually, you know what? I kind of prepared something for Christmas uh, Day or around that time. So uh, keep an ear or eye out for that shit if you actually care. Um, Music-wise, there's nothing you need to hear about. I'll announce it in the next couple podcasts, but there's a ton of stuff coming up. So uh, dig it. JoJo, have a good one, man. Peace. Thanks for coming over. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks.